Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter. Did you know cats tend to hide symptoms of sickness and pain? I learned this the hard way after losing my cat, Gingy. So I created Pretty Litter, a health monitoring litter that helps detect early signs of illness by changing colors, saving you money and potentially your cat's life. Pretty Litter is veterinary and developed, and it's the easiest way to keep tabs on your fur baby's health right at home. Go to prettylitter.com and use code ACAST for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details. Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else, even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. Millions of people have lost weight with personalized plans from Noom. Like Evan, who can't stand salads and still lost 50 pounds. Salads generally for most people are the easy button, Right. For me, that wasn't an option. I never really was a salad guy. That's just not who I am. But Noom worked for me. Get your personalized plan today at Noom.com. Real Noom user compensated to provide their story. In four weeks, the typical Noom user can expect to lose one to two pounds per week. Individual results may vary. Welcome, everybody, to today's episode of the Top Cut Yu-Gi-Oh! podcast. Of course, before we get too far in, we want to thank all of our wonderful sponsors. So, of course, a huge thank you to Steel Fox Games as well as ETB Games. Those are my two locals that support the podcast all the time. Of course, we also want to take the time to thank Gem Accessories, obviously. <laughs> we, also want to, we also want to thank uh, all of our other sponsors, Tier Zero Games, Chainlink TCG, uh, uh grimoire tcg and of course you can check us out on tcg player and of course we want to thank all of our wonderful patrons for their continued support of the podcast um as far as some upcoming releases with our sponsors you can be sure to check out on tier zero games they have pre-sales up for the uh, uh, maze of millennia set and i would imagine within about a week of phantom nightmare they'll have the phantom nightmare um pre-release going up there too so it won't be long on that also, be sure to check out on Chainlink TCG. I, th- I believe they just had some new field centers go up. So be sure to check that out and use all of our discount and links down below. Now, of course, let me get on into the introductions. Of course, I'm joined by my usual hosts, Giant Skyhawk and Trishla TTV. Say hello, boys. No. Hello. As is per usual. <laughs> no. No. I will not. And of course, I'm joined wanna. by our esteemed guest, Mr. Don Brando. It's the Don Brando on Twitter, also known as Brandon, the CEO and founder of Gem Accessories. Hello, Brandon, everybody. how are you doing? I am doing excellent. Sorry, guys, for the camera angle. This is the first time I've ever been in my garage doing this before. So uh, which is, we're, we're doing it live, baby. We're doing it live. It's all good. That's how we operate here. Screw it. We're balling. We're doing it live. So, 
Brandon, it's wonderful to have you here with us. I think we all have a litany of questions, uh, but I think the most important and the most critical question of all is, who are you and what brings you into the Yu-Gi-Oh! space? What's kind of your affiliation with the game? And why don't you tell us a little bit about Gem Accessories and what uh, what we're looking at as far as products and things that you put out there into the world? Yeah, yeah, of course. So um, I, I've been playing this game, well, I've been playing card games since card games were invented practically uh, obviously before magic or obviously after magic i'm well younger than the magic players but um Yu-Gi-Oh, pokemon i grew up in the 90s so that that's my era right and i i don't want to age anybody else here but i'm sure uh, you guys probably have similar uh similar stories of mine you know playing on the concrete out with your friends destroying those first edition blue eyes white dragons straight out of uh lob just just having a good old time right um and uh it, it's it's kind of just been like that my whole life and um when i finally got to be competitive and and I, I realized that there was a lot of things that were missing in the game so there was a lot of style that was missing everything was very bland to me so i, I started gem and uh gem is what it is today because uh, i had a board night one night and i was just like i'm just gonna make something and me and making something turn into uh, a, what it is now, right? It's 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 kind of weird to be honest with you. I understand. Um, so these things that you've made, why don't you tell us about some of the products that Gem Accessories puts out, and kind of what the um, what somebody can expect if they go to your website? So we make. Um, pretty much everything at this point now so we we've our, our our main thing that we really produce that that's kind of eye-catching that a lot of people really enjoy are going to be our deck boxes uh they're very very bespoke they're very limited um we take a lot of time to make sure that they're absolutely gorgeous in terms of their materials uh artwork the styling whatever it is that that it comes into creating a, a deck box. Um, we we definitely do our best to make sure we stand out amongst everybody else. Uh, but now we make dice. We make um, probably, in my opinion, the best sleeves on the market right now, uh, which we'll get into the conversation of that. Uh, uh, the 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 brand name Apex, which uh, it seems another company has decided they wanted to make that their their monocle as well, but. Uh, it, later in the conversation, um, backpacks, binders. We haven't made a binder in a while, but should be making something pretty soon. But yeah, we, we everything. You come to our website, you'll see some crazy stuff on there. You'll see some really cool stuff. You'll see some stuff that that you are potentially you potentially can get later on, or stuff that no longer exists uh, in terms of being able to get it brand new through us. But we do everything, and we do everything with style. Make it look nice. <laughs> Um, I, I think that my co-hosts probably have some, uh, pretty similar questions, but how is it that you come about creating these products? Like what is kind of a, a timeline or a process on these things look like? Cause I know that I've been one of the many to go on the website and like order something and it'd be like months before it shows, but that's not because you guys are like slow on things. It's just that there's a huge process and a huge network of things that has to go together to make these products happen. So would you be able to talk us kind of through the timeline of these products getting made and uh, 
the love and the work that goes into them to make them what they are. Sonny is yeah. So Sonny, I was gonna say Sonny is a big time logistic nerd, so he's super. <laughs> he's yes, I like logistics. Been, always been super interested. Yep. So so it, it it used to be different, and only until maybe the last year and a half or so, um, things have kind of been. Uh, a little bit more extended in terms of how logistics happened. So um, before, when I first started the brand, well, when I first started making like big accessories, big, big runs of accessories, it was, I would only make like 500 pieces and then like, that was it. And <clears throat> unfortunately, and for fortunately and unfortunately, both ends, um, it, you, things would sell really quick. We're, we're talking like minutes. We'd have two to three thousand people oh, on our website at one time. Yeah, it, it wasn't it wasn't fun, um, but it, it gave us a good a good foothold in the in the market and really showed us that okay, there is space for us. There's space for us here to to make things more accessible. There's people want it, right? So what we decided to do was instead of doing like limited runs we still make it limited where you only get a, a one week window and you can go in there and make an order. And then we get that number at the end and send it off to our manufacturing team. And then they make them to order at that point. So a full turnaround time from uh, concept all the way up into up, up until final distribution to customers is roughly about six months. Um, sometimes even longer, depending on like the type of artwork or whatever it is that I'm looking at. But once a customer goes and pre-orders, that part takes around two to three months. It's about a month for them to start production, a month for them to finish up uh, packaging and stuff. And we usually give them about a month for shipping. So um, there's not a really a lot that goes into it. There's just more of the 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 time it takes for things to get actually done like even artwork artwork itself uh my artists sometimes we, they can turn around something within a couple weeks but there's also artists that sometimes take a couple months three months four months sometimes we don't even finish a project we just we get into concept and we put something out uh, a lot of people have been commenting about a few artworks that they're missing or they they're like where the hell did it ha where like where did it go and yeah. it just kind of like it just doesn't come to fruition, right? But uh, I mean, I do my best to to try and make like the best of whatever it is the idea that I have. And every once in a while, you get to that point where you're just like, it's, it's not working. I got, I have to put this on the shelf, and I'll revisit it again. And eventually, things end up coming out of it. But you know, time is is money, unfortunately. And if you waste too much time on something, you end up losing out on other things so but yeah if from concept to final finished product it's probably about six months interesting how that's a lot of work how much uh how much hits the cutting room floor then like say we see like i don't know it's like how how many like designs of a deck box for example like um get left behind is it a common thing or is it just i got a few okay uh it, no maybe 80 percent of the, the ideas that we come out with end up becoming a product um but there's about 20% that just kind of goes, yeah, we'll put it to the side. There's actually some things that we use that have been a concept prior. Like, for example, we'll say the outside of a deck box. I, uh, I made a design up for an outside of a deck box that I was like, okay, we're going to use it for this. Never actually happened. But I ended up using it for something else. So uh, uh, 
I don't know how familiar you guys, your fans are, but um, back in the day, I one of my like most iconic designs was my Senjo line. So it's like a Japanese um, like cherry blossom tree. It was it was a mat essentially. So I made a outside artwork for that a deck box that I was going to make to pay homage to that that um that that box that style right yeah. uh that artwork is if you guys have been following the brand a little bit um the kuriyami and masayoshi boxes that i just came out with the judgment dragon and the yeah and the dark arm dragon the outside artwork is originally supposed to be a senjo artwork it wasn't even supposed to be for that box so that artwork has been in my computer for like two and a half years before I actually even used it for anything. So it just, it's just kind of like stuff that just kind of happens. Like, oh. it's like, oh, it works. It worked out well, you know? I love the, but, I, I will say, I love, I do, I really like the JD. I love kind of like the big, like, <laughs> yeah. I love like the grand fantasy, like style going on with the JD and the, the, the other dragon. <laughs> Especially if you're an old school player like me, man, because, I mean, it's, it's, it's not that old. It's kind of it's like 2015. It does. It's kind of that the like the old style magic has kind of carried with it. But Yu-Gi-Oh definitely like in the very early days when it wasn't like weird scrunkly little guys. It was like kind of like the big right? old style fantasy book, like opening up like a children's book with crazy images, and that's what that's. It's kind, it's of, kind of weird how the. It's kind of weird how the artworks have kind of like transitioned to that, right? Yu-Gi-Oh used to be like dark and and like very grungy uh almost almost grotesque well yeah i guess (laughs) (laughs) it's become poppy i guess you can say yeah yeah, the Yu-Gi-Oh artwork's become it's a little weird i'm not gonna lie has a lot more uh i think it's not that the the grungy stuff is gone i don't think like i think we still get a lot of that grand fantasy stuff like lord of the heavenly prison for example is a recent like big like incomprehensible bungus with kind of some old style but it's true that like it's in the same game with that you also have like the dragon rulers it's big fantasy and then you have the fluffles they're just cute little stuffed animals and then you also have uh inserts uh shonen anime 12 uh, and then also a bunch of giant robots. Got <laughs> a lot of diversity of art style. I mean, you can even look at Toss format as like a perfect example of that. You have Sky Striker, you have Thunder Dragon, right? Yeah, Thunder you Dragon. have Salamangrate, you have Orcist. That's true. Yep. Uh, a couple of we got some we got some robots, we got some anime, and uh, and we've got some some fantasy dragons. That dragons seems about right. Yeah. Yeah. So I was just so I was just on a podcast uh, about a week ago. What do you guys think about this? So, um, we we're talking about how expensive this game's become, right? Sure. Uh, <laughs> and I mean, it's not as expensive as, as a lot of other games are. I mean, yeah, I know, I know. Well, it's funny because Blackhawk right started a lot of the discourse on that. Yeah, my my apologies. This might be my fault. <laughs> He's the one okay. that posted the big "I'm quitting yeah, 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 Paper Yu-Gi-Oh!" Yeah, yeah. and here's why video that went like mega viral over the yeah, one Twitter. I don't, I don't know that I've I would, seen it. I don't know that I would say 13k views is mega viral, but I'll, I I was not. That's expecting, pretty. That's pretty good I was, though. I was not expecting. Yeah, it's not bad. I was not expecting quite the reach but anyway yeah well it also got referenced in like every other creator right. video about pricing yeah, so i would yeah, consider yeah. that like mega viral within the community okay 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 Whatever. so so I, i've been playing pokemon a lot right and there 
I, I, I feel like they do very well in making the game very exclusive while at the same time allowing people that want to play competitively not have to spend almost a thousand dollars on a deck. On a and uh, so so what are we missing? What are we missing in Yu-Gi-Oh? Is is it are we just missing two are we missing the alternate artworks on things? Are we missing like the print runs? What is it? What are we missing? Probably a lot Sky of Hawk. different opinions. So Sonny actually probably has a better take than I do on this. Uh, I watched Solemn's video and that changed my view about like whether the OCG model would work here. Uh, uh, actually, Sonny, Sonny, you might want to take this one because uh, you, Sonny, Sonny has built. Like, he has like a concept. <laughs> so while yes, I have a concept, I also don't want Skyhawk to get us all banned. Yeah, so yeah, yeah. he's upset. <laughs> Listen, uh, no, I. I think that there's absolute validity in your take, Skyhawk. Um, and I don't think that anybody that has a reasonable head on their shoulders has issues with the statement that this game at a competitive level is expensive to play. And, and competition is something that is inherently baked into Yu-Gi-Oh!'s gameplay loop and design so therefore not only is competitive Yu-Gi-Oh expensive all Yu-Gi-Oh is expensive even at a locals level if you really want to be compete and be good it is expensive inherently and I don't think that anybody really would dispute that within reason um my concept that I put out on Twitter and had some great back and forth with was to essentially take all of the rarities and move them down one slot and then at the top end make a new rarity similar to what pokemon does so the concept i believe was every pack has at least a super in it and the set overall has 18 supers this is for core sets only don't know rares every pack has at least a super then you have uh 18 supers per set and then um you get Eight ultras per box with 16 ultras per set, putting you on average getting, um, what is that, two play sets of each ultra rare per, per case. And then you are looking at like 0.58 play set or 0.58 of each super per case, putting you at like three point whatever um, supers, play sets of supers per case. Uh, and then for secret rares, you do four secret rares per case, putting you at three. Uh, one play set per per secret rare for cape per ace uh, and then you for starlights you make it one starlight per box putting you at 1.5 of each starlight per case and then you introduce a, a new high highest rarity uh, which is in in my mind it's like a full art secret rare or like a full art starlight rare think think if age of overlord had this where you have something like uh, DFL Star, Typhon, and SP all having full art Starlight Rare on the high end, and those are like one per case. Um, so essentially by moving everything down one level, it results in everything becoming one level cheaper. And that's theoretical. I admit that there's like an enormous amount of questioning that goes into that model, and that um, I think that at the end of the day it is so much fairer of a system i don't think the ocg system would necessarily work here but i think that in theory that's the direction that we could go and it makes the game cheaper and it does not increase printing costs for konami on an exponential scale that is 
um, unfixable without increasing the price per pack by 20 cents, which would increase the price per box from $107 retail to $110 US retail. So I think it's a really fair compromise that makes it affordable. It makes it um, affordable to play and affordable to still buy the product. It makes the product more exciting to open from a consumer standpoint because you can get more shiny. And um, this makes it easier for hobby shops and uh, OTS stores to keep these products in stock long term because these products are sitting on shelves and they're rotting and stores can't sell them. So there needs to be more value for consumers to open the product, which currently there is none, which is why it's so hard to um, get these OTS stores to stock it. So uh, if Konami wants the game to stay healthy long-term, they're going to have to rethink these in some way. I don't know if the OCG model is the way, but it needs to be rethought. He's, uh, he's <laughs> you can tell this is his day job. Uh, hey, I, 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 I'm 100% <laughs> with you. I, I yeah, too. I don't know. Uh, uh, yeah, so, what, what do you guys I, think? I, look, so so here, it's it's been proven to work in other games, and it's it's it's. I don't know. Maybe, maybe I'm I'm too much of a dreamer at this point. Where it's like, I mean, why not? I mean, so back in when Ultra, even Ultimate Rares, when Ultimate Rares were out, that they were just alternate versions of of already common cards uh valor for example effect valor if, if you you can pull a common one but you can also pull an ultimate rare version of it and it, it, it if i remember it correctly or did that come in i think yeah, rare ulti. Right? it was rare and it was ulti, ultra, right? i think oh no it was Perfect. ultra it was ulti ultra. and the rare yeah, was it, it was all the ultras later. came as ultis and like, some of the well, at some point it was in GX era, it was rare and above could come as ulti. The rares and secrets were in hobby box, were in retail, and maybe supers ultras were in hobby boxes. Um, yeah, and then a, it got moved in the uh, 5Ds era to be only ultra and above. And in the G and the Zexal era, only some ultras could go. Yeah, it this, was weird. This is a this is a Ruxin thirty four question. None of us are qualified. Yeah, this is one hundred percent Mr. Ruxin's yeah. this this is his take. And it's it it's it's always been just such a weird concept to me. Like why did they move away from that? Because I mean in all honesty, if we were to continue to stay with that model, I know ultra ultimate rares it was a, an issue with printing and they were expensive and they didn't want to do it no more, blah blah blah. But it doesn't necessarily have to be ultimate rares. It could be something completely different. Uh um it could be a full art. I think full arts would be great. Yeah. Full arts would absolutely murder if they can could just just and it doesn't cost much. It doesn't cost There's anything extra. Yeah, it doesn't cost it's, anything it's, extra. What's the issue? Yeah, Trish. There's uh, too many words. Not to, they're hard to read. Not to not to drag you in, but I don't know if you've had any thoughts about it over the last few days, or if the goal has just been like not head down. I'm testing for Vegas. <laughs> Trying to ball out like. Uh, Price-wise, because you've been you've been playing longer than both Sunny and I, and you've probably been playing competitively for longer than uh, for longer than Don has. You've you've seen you've seen the whole history arc. <laughs> both of <them. laughs> you got the you got the whole you got the whole whole perspective. It, um, I don't you know I don't know I think right now the the, the pricing like question like with bonfire i think is the big thing um i don't really get it personally because i think 
the price point for the game has remained pretty much constant throughout the years. Um, it's always been about a thousand dollars if you have nothing to, you know, go from absolutely nothing to like a like the best deck basically. Um, because like when I started out, like it was like Dragon Rulers, and you needed three Draco Sack, three Big Eyes. Those are like 150 each, and that was six cards in your deck. Um, and but like the rest of the deck was dirt cheap. Like all the Dragon Rulers were base rares. So like yeah, you bought like those six cards, here. and then like it was maybe a hundred bucks for the rest of the deck. So like it was about a thousand dollars, but like. 80 90 of it was just six cards in your extra deck um and like it's weird right now because we're talking about a lot of it as like pre-sale prices which is all speculation and something that happens constantly in this community is the speculation prices go through the roof because in the past ever since covid um every every major event every ycs has been the same weekend uh, or at least for north america I think has been the same weekend as a major product release. And I believe this started with Hartford was this trend. That's, that's the first one I remember. It was like 2022, I think um, was Hartford. And it was major product release. Cause the punk cards just came out and every event it's been like that. So every event. And I, I know this personally, cause I felt this, I have been overpaying on all of my cards because I have to get them that weekend. Like I have to have cards that weekend so I will play a premium. So all of the vendors have been charging crazy high pre-sale prices, like way higher on these cards. And then a week later, they're half that price. Like, like I remember um, in Richmond, that was when the 25th anniversary collection came out. Um, I picked up a bunch of stuff for like my pet deck, right? Like a bunch of like QCRs for the pet deck. I probably spent like 60 bucks. A week later, there were five bucks on TCG Player. Like I could have spent like twenty bucks for all those cards. Talking about chaos um, base. Chaos base. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> that has yeah. been twenty dollars each starting... now. Yeah, yeah. I spent twenties each. I spent twenty. That's what they are now. They went back up. Yeah, I know they went back up, but like the next week, they were like five bucks. Yeah. And this is how it's always been. And it's weird to me as an economics like major, like my my like professional background is in like economics, um, because it makes perfect sense. You know, the demand is really high. The week. And those cards come out so the vendors obviously charge really high prices but because the demand is so high and they're pre-selling them they have to meet their pre-sale prices like they have to meet their pre-sales because they can't go back on those sales like they've already committed to those sales so they have to creep keep cracking cases and they might expect those cards to be short printed like vendors were saying you know on twitter oh i bet they're going to short print bonfire but you see the pictures of people cracking cases like it's thrust and yeah. they have a stack. The bonfire stack is taller than other this all the other stacks. Like bonfire is the easiest card to pull out of all the ultras, and it's actually thrust that's the short print. And that was actually the cheap presale. Um, I think they were preselling at like twenties, and that's the 40. short print one. Yeah, 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 something like something like that. And that's yeah. the shorted card. Um, and this happens all the time. Um, I, so so when I was a teenager, the way I financed this game was buying cards the weekend they came out that people hadn't figured out were good yet. So I did this with Ghost Ogre. Those were like 15 bucks when they came out. Crystal Wing was like $5. Um, there was, God, there was a ton of cards. And like my binder as a teenager was like pages of prize cards, ultimaxes, crazy stuff. Because I'd pick these cards up and a week later they'd like inflate. Ghost Ogres went from 15s to 100. Like in a week. Because <laughs> everyone figured out, oh, this card beats Pepe. Yeah. Oh, like I ghost ogre, I ghost ogre the, the, the monkey board. And that, huh. that but like, environment. But all that information was out there. 
that environment makes it so difficult for new players too because when you're coming in yeah like a ton of a lot of existing people in the space have the metagame knowledge or can go look at the ocg and can pick up those cards those people are not always right you're going to take an l every once in a while and uh especially when it's like reliant on a metagame that's not all that not always going to be exactly the same there are some easy calls i know uh tom box was talking about lester pendulum uh, it was another example of this when that released. Yep. Yeah, I picked up a playset of those for no. 10 bucks. And there's literally a playset for 10 bucks. I think there's, I think, yeah, there's mine was Dank. Dank. Yeah. Uh, Danko was, was my, a good that one. Was big, that was my big, yep. like, moneymaker. That's the only time I've ever yep. won in this game. I think the, the recent one, the recent really good example was Typhon. Which is in oh, everyone's extra Flamberge Dragon. Typhon. Uh, there, yeah, there was the Tom yeah, Street about uh, Flamberge, yeah. Yeah. Well, Fl- Flamberge has gone back down, but like um, Typhon is like up there at like 30, 40 bucks. When that set dropped, it was like five dollars. So like I, nobody wanted. I, I think what happens is that when when established maybe 10, maybe. when established players are are treating the 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 game as a stock market, it makes it really bad for any new or intermediate players. Cause like, and it's not that I don't think yeah. no, no individual person. No, I don't disagree with you on that. They, they just want to like make their money so that they can play the game. But that's when you know that the ecosystem is messed up. Is when a whole bunch of people who don't have that information enter and and they see all that they see is that the card is one hundred and thirty dollars. And like again, yeah. Like if you take the pre-sale price thing, like with Chaos Space for example, pre-sales at twenty, it does drop back down to five, but then two to three weeks later, it's back up to twenty, maybe a couple of months. Yeah. Uh, and so when. <laughs> when it gets back up to that point somebody entering the game then doesn't have the time to prepare yeah. the knowledge to 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 access that right so you're super you're like you're so right it's, but it's the I, yeah but get I think good the, yeah get good right <laughs> I, I, th- I think the thing that makes it tough is that um it's not always like that cards don't always go back up sometimes they just drop and they stay low sometimes they go back. and um the what i FOMO, what i think ends up happening is is there there's like a tax like there's like a competitive player tax where like yeah. if you want cards that are like meta relevant or potentially meta relevant depending on when you go to buy them you might be you know yep. like getting taxed because players like me who's already spending like five six hundred dollars to travel across the country I'm going to spend the money. Like I'm already in, you know, in for a penny in for a pound. So like, you know, they're, they're, they're pricing to charge me, not the average so, player. And that punishes the average the, player. The, is, here's what's crazy, crazy is, is man, it, look, I, I, I'm, 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 I'm all for this game. I love this game with all my heart. Um, but you, you mentioning that like, man, I'm, I'm in it a lot of money for this thing. What, what are we really playing for? <laughs> Who knows, dude? <laughs> like that's man. the real question. That's the real question like, we should be asking. The price. The We're playing for the Nintendo support? Switches, bro. That's so terrible. That's <laughs> oh, the price support that oh. we have in this game. It's so strange to me, and it's strange to me in the sense that people are like actively really trying to win these Nintendo Switches. I mean, the <laughs> Nintendo Switch Two is coming out, so. I mean, we're playing for something at this point. But okay, so so here's something. I don't know if you guys know, but um, when when the mats were out for UDS prizing, so I was the one actually helping oh, make. Those I mats. did. I did see that along. I did not know. That. I did see a post about that. Yeah. So those are crazy. But it, there's even things like that though that like it kind of made sense. Like these were one-off pieces, handmade. Like they were really cool items to have. They have retained their value. 
And they, oh, well, yes. it's because they were they're so unique. They 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 were something of 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 tangible art, right? That's that's pretty much what they were. And now it's like, like, damn, man, you guys just went to Best Buy. You guys went to Best Buy and bought like twenty of these things, and they're like, hey. So the way that One Piece does the uh... the price support thing is actually super interesting. I think we could totally take from that, like, like you mentioned with like the mat being a, a unique uh, piece instead of like something that exists. Like having like something that gets brought up is like, what about like exclusive art cards for people who do well at tournaments? Yeah. Like, like I actually have one of those. Hold on. Oh, uh, man is man is out here to flex his One Piece collection. But Cody, okay, so Cody dragged me. So uh, the, the, talking about Cody Angeloff, he dragged me to a One Piece three v three a few months ago, and and uh, like, we, I I ended up uh, getting one of the prize cards. Um, but like it like it it was so free because like it was a three v three tournament, right? And it was like top thirty two, you know, teams got prize cards and there were 33 teams san uh san yeah but like <laughs> like, one, like it, it's you know it's cool because you know they i i agree like the the alternate art cards is just you know they're sick so how did actually so, I, now that you brought it up how did that come about how did the mat uh how did you designing those uds mats happen was it just somebody contacted so so no um so for a long time um I mean, for about a year and a half of me starting Gem, really, nobody really knew who I was. And I started making that name for myself. And then um, uh, Julia, who is the... Uh, the yeah, Hedberg. She's yeah. pretty much the head honcho at the, at, the, at the branch. She's under one person. But anyway, so I, I was in contact... Her. So I was in contact with Julia and, uh, and Franklin, who used to work there at the time. And um i would always bug them i would always be like dude let me help you guys let me make a map for you guys like like look what i can do like come on guys so eventually my my nagging ended up turning into a a a situation where um they were making the uds mats and they were like we need your help with something i'm like yeah sure whatever it is that you guys want so the first uds mats the um alternate dragon i think was the first ones they were like on silver with blue ink or something like that. Anyway, the really early mats for UDS, Julia was sitting there in her kitchen or whatever. I don't know if you guys know, she's like a seamstress. Like she does, like she makes her own clothes and stuff. So she was sitting there on her kitchen table with like, it almost looks like a pizza cutter, but it's a sharp blade. It's a razor blade, but it's a pizza cutter. And she was sitting there and cutting every single mat out. Wow. Um, I had just learned that. I was like, well, it, it's cool because it's like, man, you were making that by hand. But for somebody that's, that was actually like making them big production, I was like, what the heck is wrong with you? Like, why are you doing that? So they're like, yeah, we don't, we're, we're, we're up all night trying to make these things like help us. So um, I started making, I, I started shaping their their mats for them so something that you if you you find one um i believe it's the oricalcos one if you look at the corners they have really really round corners instead of really tiny short cut corners and the reason for that is because my cutters put the wrong die on their mats and cut (laughs) the wrong freaking mat they cut my mat sizes 
And when they told me that, my heart dropped. I was like, I'll fix it. I'll fix it. Don't worry, guys. I'm going to figure it out. Don't worry about it. Well, I ended up figuring it out, but I couldn't change the the radius of the of the corner. So if you guys ever see those Orichalco mats, just just look at the corners and go, oh, I, I see what he's talking about. That's you can probably crazy. But yeah. So that's wild. Uh, I've, I've that's seen those mats. I, I know exactly yeah. what you're talking about. Yeah, that, that, that's, that's crazy. crazy. I really want to put it out there. How people don't think about how much some of the people in this game care and put into the game. Like he said, Julia's sitting there in her kitchen at three o'clock in the morning, staying up all night before a UDS, just trying to get the top eight for these mats made. Like people, they, yeah. I really do believe, and maybe it's because I am just an optimistic cuff half full person. I really believe there's some genuine care and love that goes into this game at an organizational level that people don't understand and realize, and they don't think about the logistical challenges that have to be solved to make a game run at this level. I believe that there's better things that can happen, and I believe that there's improvements that can be made, sure. I would, But, like, I, I, would, I think there's care. Speaking as somebody who has maybe been the most critical of, of Konami in the history of time, I will go to bat for <laughs> Julia Hedberg any day of the week. Uh, I'm, I'm a judge, yeah. I'm a registered judge. I've been the head judge for a couple of regionals. Nothing but fantastic in the group uh and yep. like we like as i am i'm frustrated by the lack of a rulings database but uh my understanding is that's actually an r&d problem uh so uh as most the, things are uh, yeah <laughs> ah interesting uh but uh shout out to uh shout out to kevin Tuart. Uh, i love clown gas but uh i uh no I, hedberg been fantastic and I, I, I totally agree that like there are absolutely there are people there who who do care and are listening uh i just or i just have, have a, i just i just have a lot of notes i guess <laughs> yeah and, and you know what that's that's something that's that that i 100 also agree and, and i'm that person as well where i i really wanted to just make a difference in this community yeah that's really all all i all gem has been really when yeah. even it's from its infancy it was just something that i wanted to give back to the community because it 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 didn't it didn't really like it, it wasn't something that i was like oh my gosh I, I i have to do this like i have to make a difference it was more of like there's there's something here that that i think everybody else would enjoy um and and you know there's there's a lot of there's a lot of downsides to 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 putting yourself out there um whether you're in the organized play, whether you're making product, whether you're a content creator like yourselves, um, at the end of the day, it really is because you really enjoy doing it. Otherwise, you do something else, right? Um, and I, I can promise you, Julia and the amount, everybody that that works on that high level, the high level of, of Konami at this point in terms of their organized play, they could go make that same money somewhere else. They can go literally anywhere and make 100, 120,000, 130,000, whatever it is that they make a year, right? Um, and they, they, they're, they, they're grinding for you guys. They're grinding to, to make sure that they get the funding to get all of those Nintendo Switches. It's unbelievable. <laughs> <laughs> the amount of Nintendo, I'm never going to let that go. It just, <laughs> the, 12 round winner. 
This not is the even, reason why. Not even the, sometimes not even the OLED one. Like, come on. We can, we can be good. <laughs> oh, <laughs> oh, it's, it's not the OLED. It, oh, oh, oh I have one. I just want one. <laughs> <laughs> At least make one that has like Konami printing on it, right? Get so limited. Have, I know. It's not the OLED. It's original. Oh, man. Uh, no. I, I love that. It is incredible that you can just go like, no, here's a Switch I won from Konami for this exact point. It's beautiful. <laughs> like, I, I love that your role, your role this episode has basically been, oh, you mentioned a thing. I have that thing. Let me go get it. That's just my role here in the podcast in general. Incredible. Yeah. Dude, okay, so so here's my thing. So I went to a Pokemon event. Obviously, like I told you guys, I was playing Pokemon. Yeah. And I was like, I was like, hey, what's what's surprising for first? And <laughs> just a regional. Well, the regional is almost sad. like a, a the, oh, the, the regionals are the YCSs. The regional. Yeah, they're YCSs. YCSs. By the way. I'm very sad I didn't make it to this regional. Are you talking about San Antonio? Yes, and so it was. That's amazing. like only a few hours. I I my house. If I had had more heads up, I would have gone and met up with you. I I'm had so sorry I didn't make that. So much fun! What a gorgeous city that is. Well, oh, it's beautiful. I, I've been to regionals there. It's awesome. Yeah, it, it was. It was so much fun. But yeah, so I, I was like, just kind of like browsing around, and I asked my friend, like, well, "What do we like?" Just out of curiosity, what did we win? And he's like, ten thousand dollars, and I went. How, how much do you win? Ten, ten thousand dollars. Yep, in the form of three thousand Nintendo Switches. <laughs> <laughs> just an Amazon truck just backs up to your house. Here's a pallet, guys. Not the OLED ones, so you're gonna have a lot of the regular yeah. ones. I'm sorry, three hundred Nintendo Switches. I did my math way yeah, off. Three, yeah, three even then. <laughs> but yeah, man, it, it, and it's crazy how. If they just kind of like just made a not like really a conscience switch because I, I think they really do know that their their pricing is a bit lackluster. But could you imagine? I mean, we're we're still hitting like really high numbers on on YCSs. We're hitting close to two thousand people at a time, and that's the still the same as a Pokemon regional about two thousand people. Yep. Could you imagine a no cap tournament big enough like a Vegas event, right? And it's it's just we're doing some crazy pricing. We're 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 creating limited edition product for you guys. Man, it would be insane, absolutely insane. The amount of of people that would attend that wild. I wonder. Crazy to me. Go ahead. The UDSs were those events for us to some degree, and they were some of the least attended events we've ever had. And I think it's because there wasn't anything invite, after right? that. Yeah, there wasn't what? there wasn't much after that. Like if you got if you, yeah. you if you did well at a UDS, you wouldn't get an invite anymore, would you? Would you get an invite to Nats or anything like that? Oh, the prizing was crazy. You would have well, a two round buy for life. Two round buy at every event you, yeah. you play for Jesse, life. Jesse, so Jesse, just for those who are who are listening at home who may not know about this. Uh, so the the UDS belts that you see gives you give you buys at events. I think it's until 2025. That's right. Uh, I think. I yeah, think, they they changed it, but it, originally it was marketed as for life. Never. They did they did have like a cutoff, but so like Jesse Cotton for example has one, and he gets a it basically he gets a free win for round one and round two, notably against an yep. opponent who loses every single one of their rounds, but it's still like a round that you don't have to play because it's uh so i don't know i don't know how true this is franklin told me this one when we were still working together um those belts were actually made by the wwe guys yeah they were that's what i think I they're really <laughs> that's what i heard too that's so yeah. sick hey 
I was not in the game at the time the UDSs were happening. I came in. So when I left the game in 2014, it wasn't a thing. And when I came back to the game in 2020, they were done. They had just like recently had the last one. So I missed the entirety of like the UDS time frame. And I've just heard everything about them from like hearsay. We remember when this happened X amount of time ago. It's crazy to me to think about belts that give you two round buys for life made by the same guys that made WWE belts. Play mats that are like exclusive, super duper, like $700 a piece play mats now, things like that. Uh, points that you got and the points like translated to being able to use for uh, like, like you can get free things at events and things like that. Like the stuff that you could get and that I've heard about from these and also being probably the most competitive events we've ever had. It just, it's just crazy to me. What about the kimonos? Was that there also were kimonos? There were kimonos. What? Yeah, there was. There was. So, if I remember correctly, there's there's black kimonos, and maybe I'm having like one of those Mandela effect events right now. But I'm pretty sure it was an all black kimono with red trimming, and then the big logo on the back. We are getting the inside no. look into the things that never made it to the showroom <laughs> maybe somebody in chat maybe somebody in chat has I, seen it, it could have been an ocg those. thing um it could have been maybe. like a japan ycs because konami has some weird stuff uh, I, i'm gonna continue my role of like weird stuff but like the color scheming <laughs> makes sense because this is a Yu-Gi-Oh journal which i don't know if you've ever seen these well, just like that i've never seen yeah them in my yeah life. These, seen these are super super rare they're they're they used they like did a really short production run of it and then they used to give it out and then they stopped and then they occasionally give it out as like, side event prizing like super super rarely That's yeah super, i, I can't tell rare. but i'm pretty sure does it have the red also on the the, the paper itself yep on the yep. edges right yeah yep. see there you go i, I, I i'm yep. not going crazy you know, that, i know that, for sure i i definitely believe you that's why i pulled out it was a kimono okay i'm gonna find it I know people that know people. I can't pull. 100%. Yeah, I mean, Julia would know. Julia would definitely I, know. I can't pull. Yeah, I, I can't pull anything out. I have a speed duel bag that says Trials of Fire <laughs> on it. <laughs> that's all. I, I mean, but that's cool. Have you have you seen the messenger bags? There's there's the, messenger there, bags. There, there are some. Oh, look at that. There you go. That's yep. a good looking bag right there. <laughs> yeah. Yo, nice uh, bag. Messenger bags. So the the messenger bags they were giving them away to people that that uh, like stores and stuff that spent like over a thousand dollars. So those, those, yeah, those are, um, cause I, I, I have one I, where it's at. I have no idea, but it's made out of like, um, almost kind of like a sticky, like, uh, nylon material yeah. black and has screen printed the, the Konami logo on it. But anyway, um, so when I had originally got it, I don't know why this is a core memory in my head, but, um, when I got it, I was like, where the hell did you get this thing from? Uh, this this guy named Octavio, who used to work at Frankincense, if you guys are familiar with that place. I've heard so many but, things about Frankincense. It's the, um, I you need to come there. Dude, I've the heard, I went it's on a just, hunt for, the, best, for the first world's prize card. Oh, and the only a... thing I could find was that a guy <laughs> sold it to someone at Frankincense. Yeah, it's, it, it, it's really overwhelming. The first time you have to go, I would say multiple times or go early enough in the day because like it's visually overwhelming. It's, it's very stimulating. Like you're just looking at stuff like, oh, my God, where where am I? Like, did, am I dead? Am I in heaven right now? Yeah. But anyway, uh, so Octavio, I asked him, I'm like, how do you get these things? And he's like, well, you spend over a thousand dollars to give you a bag. He's like, here, you can have it. 
now who knows how much that that stupid bag is worth if i could even find it but yeah like there there's a, there's some cool stuff that merchandise wise that they gave out and i guess that's my point is that like i came from that era where yeah. you actually got really cool stuff i want to see cool stuff again that's all it, that's all i want i just want to see cool stuff i want to see blankets that'd be dope make a blanket i want to see feel- uh, how do we feel about prize cards as they sit because i feel like that's what a lot of people say is that oh well if you top a ycs if you get like top they did it for top 32 at nationals you know if you get top usually it's top four at a ycs you get a prize card three it's it's a third yeah so top three the the fourth place place feels bad yeah yeah okay they, they do a playoff for it but how do we feel about because that's what everybody says is, oh, well, that is the prize support. You know, if you win ICS, you get a prize card. It's worth 1500 bucks, 2000 bucks. Pokemon's giving away $10,000 cash. That <laughs> 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 is cash. <laughs> or scholarship money, too. Yeah, you, yeah, or you can't compete. below 18, I think. You can't well, compete it's not taxable, which is nice. What is, what's Magic giving away for their GPUs? Quarter million dollars in total prize support split amongst Holy, top play. Holy! Oh, why are we playing this game? Oh, no, like I, I, yeah, I think if I'm not mistaken, like a GP prize support, they split it up amongst like the top like 200 players, but it's like uh, like a prize pool, like kind of like golf doesn't do like one prize, they do a prize pool kind of right. thing. Yeah, but even then, man, like just give us some cash. You guys are a gambling <laughs> company. Dude, for real um, give me some uh, give me some I, free play a gp and magic the gathering the prizing um if it's 2999 or less uh it's a minimum of fifty thousand dollar purse three thousand plus it's a seventy five thousand dollar purse first place is ten thousand dollars um and if it's a team event then it's fifteen thousand dollars for the team that's kind of like the general rule of thumb uh second place 5k third and fourth 2500 five top eight is 1500 top 16 is a thousand and so on and even if and you, that's just cash if, right like I'm even sure if you get top 180 it's 200 dollars in cash imagine yeah imagine like pulling up to a ycs and getting like uh, like bubbling out at top cut and instead of like making top 64 you get 67th and oh yeah you still get 200 dollars okay i did that bucks. just day I two did exactly 67th i did that in 2018 oh. the the trauma that is very what's the, what's the best you guys have done uh i went uh, seven rounds deep in niagara I got, uh, nice. I, I was, uh, the, I think it was the second remote dual YCS. I was one round off of top cut with Fluffle. Uh, Fluffle. Uh, wow. Yeah, I, and I, I did, I, I, the same invitational that Trish got top four at for, for the remote dual invitational. That's probably the, the highest event I played at. I got, uh, that was ninth out of 16 of us that it's okay. actually, it's actually super funny that yeah. trish mentioned like the the tax thing that was an example that i thought of was i bought droplets for that event essentially to play the fluffle deck and i bought that as those well at like peak price <laughs> like, i would like to say maple money i remember i remember that event because that was the weekend drytron came out and i yes, was panicking uh, yes we were about, like what about are we gonna do? that's why i main deck skullmeister <laughs> I made that Skullmeister because I was afraid of Drytron, and then one dude had it. Yep. And he came dead last. I'm going to describe the 
I'm going to describe the happiness of my achievement, and then Trish is going to dunk on me with his competitive success. <laughs> uh, at YCS Niagara, I played Sword Soul. I played my own brew of Sword Soul that I was very proud of. And uh, that was the weekend that Exosister won, but PTSD was the best deck, which was like the Tier Limit, the Sprite, uh, Punk, uh, yeah. uh, Danger deck. Uh, that deck was the best deck. It represented a bunch of top eight. And I played Sword Soul and almost day two'd, so I'm happy enough with that. All right, Trish, dunk on me. <laughs> uh, I, I, do do I need to do do I, do I have to? Just go for it. Listen, Listen if, if, one, what, is, Trish, what is your number Trish, one? If if Raymond Die has a copy pasta, I think you deserve one too. I think. <laughs> uh, uh, yeah. I, I started that copy pasta. That's my copy pasta. <laughs> <laughs> that's my copy pasta because I wrote it. Um, <laughs> Uh, I don't know. I have I have I have a few tops. Um, I have the top four from the Invitational. Uh, I think I have like a YCS top eight, uh, Nationals top sixty four. I, I I don't keep track. <laughs> yeah, I, I have plenty of regional tops. A few wins. Um, that says yeah. everything. That's very impressive. Absolutely impressive. All right. The best yeah. I ever did, as I did. I, I, I don't know if I, that's I, impressive. I think that just means that I need like to go outside more. No, no way. Oh my god. <laughs> Ashton, you got stuff you like to do. There's 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 just nothing wrong with that. Yeah, 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 yeah. Like I made my I did point out I made my big post about like like I'm quitting or whatever. That's not like a moral judgment for anyone who continues to play. Like that people's achievements in any space are awesome. <laughs> it's like the achievement list is in chat or trick right now. Also, I mean I wouldn't put that on my Tinder there. profile, but <laughs> Uh, uh, they have it in the Twitch chat. They have a they actually. Okay, they've got it. Right. They already have it. Uh, yes, exclamation yeah, point! Trish brings up his entire achievement list. Sunny, I think so. We're getting we're getting kind of close to time. Uh, Sunny, do we have any more questions for Don or or Don? Do you have anything else you want to say to the people? I have another question for Don. Okay, go for it. All right. I was. I'm still curious about logistics. All right. <laughs> tell me. I'll so, tell you anything you want to know. How long did it take before you were doing it out of your garage to now having to rent warehouse space to do this? Oh, man. Because I know you have um, like a full warehouse with a full like crew and team. It's not just you doing this company. You have a whole company. God, no, guys. No, it's just me. It's just me and my aunt. <laughs> I swear, I swear on everything. It's me and my aunt. My aunt handles all my back end stuff. So she does all my my customer service. She does uh she even handles all of our stores. And I do absolutely everything else. The only thing that I I, I do is I hire family or I coach I coach also high school wrestling. So every once in a while I'll get the high school kids like, you guys want to make 20 bucks an hour? Come through. You know, let's pack some pack some boxes. Yeah. Other than that, there there is no there's no like grand team that a lot of people think that that gem is, which I mean, it's it's pretty cool because like I, I've been able to portray the brand to be like this really big thing. And in turn, you know, I, I've, I've gotten a lot of business from big companies um, like I, I just did. A, um, are you guys familiar with uh, universes? They do so. They they do um, for those of you guys that don't know. So they do like My Hero Academia, th those games. Sure. But I just did their price support. Wow, I made their deck boxes. <laughs> That's I cool. haven't been out yet. You guys haven't seen it yet. It's not even word out yet. But they they just received them, so things are going to come out pretty soon. Um, 
I, I, I just, I, I mean, I, I do things like that. Um, I've had good interviews with uh, other large companies that have asked me to come and do special stuff. I didn't sign an NDA, so screw them. Here, so I, I was on vacation. I was on vacation in Hawaii, and um, I, well, let me, we'll make time quick, right? Okay, so I went to Gamma last year, and I went with a good friend of mine, and uh, out of nowhere, I got a card from somebody, and they were like. Uh, this person asked you to call them and um, it was the head of production for Dragon Shield, Arcane Tinman. Great company. Also a sponsor that I forgot to mention at the beginning of the podcast. <laughs> Have you ever remembered them? <laughs> I pinned a sheet. Sonny, I pinned a sheet in the chat. Come on, man. <laughs> so, <laughs> so fast forward. Uh, I was in the middle of a vacation. It was three o'clock in the morning and I had an interview with them. And what they wanted to do was they had something happen uh, in Japan or, or Asia. They did um, like an exclusive like uh, sleeve release. So if you guys don't know about that, that's actually really a thing. They did like 200 sets of these sleeves. They sold them for like 30 or $40 each. And they sold out immediately and they were like, oh my God, this is real. So they wanted me to come in as a designer and create a line for them. They wanted me to be their guy to make this exclusive line for the Americas. Obviously nothing came out of that because I'm not working for them. Um, but yeah, there, there's things like that. Uh, 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 Ultra Pro reached out to me. They asked me to, uh, they had an interview to possibly take over their Pokemon line. Wow. Because they have the, have the Pokemon license. They have everybody's license. But anyway, it, it's just me. It's I'm just a normal guy. Ain't no, there's nothing special about me. There's nothing crazy that I've done. I just do stuff. That is, and some people like the stuff. Some people hate it. I would call the empire you've built something cool, but that's just me. That is, that's why I, to, to I appreciate that. It's like two people that, that run the whole thing. And then the rest of it is just anybody helping in the manufacturing process. That's wild. And I mean, obviously, there's other cogs in the yeah, in, like in, in, in the thing. In the watch, right? Yeah, I have artists. You know, I have a production team outside of the states that does the product for me. And, uh, I have a wonderful liaison that helps me out with stuff. Um, but yeah, there, there's no big team. There's no office full of people. There's no warehouse full of people ready to ship orders out. I'm in the I'm in the warehouse, freezing my ass off, packing your guys' orders for you. Like, Wait, you're in I'm Southern the, California. What do you mean freezing? It gets it gets to like sixty degrees here, okay? It's okay. Cold. You know you know I hope it's Canadian right. and Tristan in Michigan. This my, is gonna go well. I'm in Chicago. Inside, We've been over this. I the, moved two years ago. You know what? It's the temperature for you Americans okay. out there. I am at right now in Alberta, minus forty degrees Celsius, which is minus forty degrees Fahrenheit. My windows literally have ice across them. <laughs> we can't see that, but we believe you. There's ice on the edge of the windows. But I'm not gonna lie, I love I love watching winter from my TV. It's absolutely amazing. <laughs> I love to go visit winter. It's great. It's great. It's great. It's it's a treat. Incredible. It's, it's, it's like one of the sure at Christmas time when like everybody comes over to your house and you put the fireplace like on your TV for a few hours, it feels real nice. I've never. I actually, I have two fireplaces in my house. Never been lit. Why do you have fireplaces? Me. You live in California. Anyway, uh, I, I have build it. <laughs> two <laughs> questions for you. And that's um, one is going to be very quick, and one you don't have to answer, but I'm going to ask it anyway because I feel like it's a valid question. 
Uh, one is, and this does come from the chat, which I know we said we weren't going to interact with chat, but I'm interacting with chat. Uh, what's your favorite deck box design that you've done? Favorite deck box I've done. Um, it has to be the first one I ever did, which was my Dragon Blood box. It's my absolute favorite because I had so much input into creating that box from people outside of the Yu-Gi-Oh or the trading card game world in general. It was friends and family, and um, it, I think that one it means a lot to me. It, it's not necessarily my favorite in terms of the artwork because, frankly, it's pretty bland, but. It, it it means the absolute world to me that box for sure okay and the last question i'm gonna ask this might be more than a minute discussion because podcast going long today folks heads up i'll make it quick. Um, i'll make it quick i promise there's been an enormous amount of discussion on twitter and around the online space around the senpai deck boxes particularly the senpai deck boxes have a bit of a reputation in the community because there have been people that have been asked to not bring them back to regionals and not use them at regionals and at Yu-Gi-Oh events. They're a bit much for a lot of people's tastes. I personally have one that I don't use in public for that reason. Would you like to speak on the Senpai deck boxes and your thoughts on them and that particular aspect of them? I'll tell you something right now. I'm going to make this very, very simple and very, very clear for everybody. My Valentina, actually, it was pretty close, but I'm pretty sure Valentina, which was the Valentine's Day box I did last year, did twice the amount of numbers of any other box that I've ever made in my entire career of doing gem. I understand. I understand that there is... There is a negative connotation when it comes to looking at drawn cartoon women. I get it. I understand that. But there is a very, very big silent market. And there's a good possibility that the people that are talking online own these boxes. It's the internet. And the loudest, the loudest ones um don't oh, don't they they over speak those that actually are purchasing these things and to be honest with you i love it it's, it's gorgeous and to be honest with you i i've never made these boxes in terms of like display them proudly put them on a shelf i make them as 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 openly viewed as possible take them to children's card game events like no guys the reason why I made these was because nobody was doing it. Nobody had the balls to go, I'm going to put some anime girl boobs on a deck box and call it <laughs> Senpai. Well, yeah, fair enough. That's why Gem is who we are. That's why people look at a, at a Gem product and they hold it in their hand and they're like, wow, this is really freaking cool. I remember what it felt like to hold something that I have created and I looked at it and I was like, wow, this is actually in my hand and I made it myself. I can only imagine what it feels like for a consumer to see the pictures, see the images and then finally get it in their hands and they're like, I actually have one. Like, this is crazy. Whether it is, it is quote unquote tasteful to you, right? <laughs> yes, I get it. it. It's not a it's not something you'd bring home and show your mother. It's not. But at the same time, we all have our guilty pleasures. We all have things that we like. 
There's nothing wrong with that. If there was something wrong with that, guys, we wouldn't have. <laughs> I, I hope this was word isn't isn't too grotesque. We wouldn't have uh, hentai sections on Crunchyroll. Like there, there wouldn't be uh, these weird realms of of artwork that that it's not even necessarily like what we're aiming towards people that have perversions. It's just an art form. It's an art form that if done tastefully and it looks nice and it's presented correctly, it's, it's like lingerie on a beautiful woman. Like, yeah, don't plaster it all over, you know, Rodeo drive. Nobody wants to see that, but man, to come home to a gorgeous woman with some beautiful lingerie on, I think you have no idea. Interesting. This is a conversation that I I remember having with Shiggy's actually a while back. Uh, uh, Shiggy's is uh, fantastic, by the way. Go follow Shiggy's on Twitter. Uh, latest obsession is Call of Duty Ghost. Uh, but um, the uh, <laughs> just random bit. But I, like speaking as a judge, don't take it to an event. You'll probably get DQ'd. Uh, speaking as uh, speaking as a player uh, who is like you are an adult and you want to enjoy something with your friends. Uh, and I would say also probably don't take it to locals, depending on your locals, maybe ask whoever is running it. But if you are having that stuff like at your own house or you are using it with your friends, okay, <laughs> nobody should ever care about that ever. And that's, that's, that's where I think the, the place is. If the, and clearly there's demand. So. It's for your enjoyment. And, and I made them purposefully where they're closed so even if you take them to these places, right, they're not blatantly out there. It's not like it's like, like if you see the box, you're like, ah, I know which one that one is. It's kind of like a weird, like cult, like, ah, I see you. I see you there with that thing. But at the same time, there's companies out there, smaller brands that they're, they're doing what I'm doing. And, and it's, it's not that it's, it's necessarily, like it's not, it's not. I'm not saying like like it's okay necessarily. Like I don't. I, I like anybody can do whatever the hell they want. My point being though is that I feel like Gem gets a bad rep for it, while other brands that do similar things um, that are they're even friends of mine, colleagues of mine, and it, their their comment sections are a bit different than mine. Maybe. Um, and, and I'm a little jealous because it's like. You know, I, I, we worked hard on making this really nice for you guys. But again, like I said, at the end of the day, they are my best sellers. They are my number one sellers. Um, doubling numbers of other boxes, of very popular boxes. I don't like sharing the numbers, but we're talking like 3,000, 4,000, 5,000 units sometimes. Yeah. Like, Big numbers, guys. Are you so? Uh, are you satisfied as a journalist, Sonny? <laughs> I think that there is. So, Brandon, I need you to understand. Go for it, man. Hey, I am a consumer you. of these products. I get it. Okay. And I love the deck boxes as far as the construction, the way that they're laid out. I think they are good quality products. I worry personally about the blending of these products into what is supposed to be a children's card game. Because a lot of the products on this site are marketed towards Yu-Gi-Oh! Which has a lower age grouping than 
um, while the, the intended target audience is kids. So I worry personally about the blending between them. However, I will say again that um, the quality on these boxes is really good. So my thing is that if you want this quality of box and you want to be able to take it to a regional and you want to be able to take it to locals and things like that, there's a lot of other boxes on the website that you can order. My personal favorite is Kraken, which I still haven't gotten one of, but I need to get myself one. And I guess like that. there are these other boxes that you can get that are still made by Gem, that are still high quality boxes. And I will say that to anybody out there saying that they don't like the Senpai deck boxes and they don't like the Senpai models, like that, like that model. It's just like you just said, Brandon, that these are your highest selling products by a wide margin. So make the other ones outsell Senpai. Maybe he rethinks. We'll see. <laughs> I mean, and, and, and that's and, and you what you said is correct, right? That's not the only thing I make. Yeah. It's a very small segment in my market that I, I kind of like tickle a little bit like, hey, here you go, guys. You know, it's, it's yeah. here's a little something for you. Um, and it, it just just to quickly touch something really quick. Um, I've heard that argument before of, you know, this, this is the, the target audience is supposed to be children, the, the games that, that we focus on. And the harsh reality of it is there really isn't children playing these games. And if we look at statistics of the, the, the product purchased, we look at the statistics of, of attendance at, at, at big events. Um, it's, it's astronomically, uh, dominated by adults. And, and, you know, there is a small majority, uh, a, a small minority, I should say, that, that you know, there, it is true that there is children that play these games. Uh, there's children that play Magic the Gathering. There's children that play, you know, Y Schwartz. There's children that play a whole bunch of games. Um, and I, I've, I've, I've done my best to try and move myself away from Yu-Gi-Oh! Mm -hmm. specifically for that reason, because a lot of people have said, like, like, this is a children's card game. Like, okay, fine, we'll... Let me make stuff for everybody else then. Let me make other card game stuff. And then, you know, so I've heard a lot of these arguments a lot. And I don't really respond to them online. Um, I more respond to them internally or I'll type out a full-on message and I'll delete it right after. Yeah. Um, well done, man. Yeah. So, yes, the, the Senpai line, it's not for everybody. It shouldn't be for everybody. It's not made for your locals. It's not made for tier one events. It's not made for anything like that. It's made for the guy that kind of, or the girl, whoever it is, that kind of just wants something that's like, hey, like I got this. Like check out yeah. this thing. You know, it, that that's all it's for. It, it's not anything that that I'm trying to push a narrative on somebody. I'm not trying to to, to lure perverted people into the brand. That's not it. it it's you really want to know where the idea came from? And this is what I'll end it at. The sure. idea came from when I was a kid, I used to look at hookups, uh, uh, skateboard decks. I don't know if they still exist anymore. Okay. And I used to be like, that is so freaking cool. Like, I've never seen girl anime before. That is how the Senpai line came about, was my childhood recognizing hookup skateboard decks. Which, That's for those of you guys... amazing aside, because... As like what you're probably about what thirty ish thirty yeah thirty so in that like in that vein of like Southern California like that skateboard culture was like huge in your childhood it makes a ton of sense that that's where like your relation to it is 
We have uh, and, and not a. I don't go for it. I was just gonna say, like, not a lot of people have experienced that. And you're right, and maybe it's because I'm from SoCal that a lot of people didn't really get to get to skateboard. I mean, if you're in Michigan, you get to skateboard one month out of the year. <laughs> we uh, we really yeah. covered the full range of topics today. <laughs> we moved around. We went yeah. everywhere. <laughs> this is a good podcast, man. I love being on here with you guys. You guys, you guys have really good conversations. Cool. It's, it's, it's so All fun. Right. It depends on the episode, but in the meantime, <laughs> we do need to cover all, thank our wonderful patrons. So a huge thank you too. I'll warn you guys, there's some new ones. Okay. Oh, jeez. All right. I'll brace Always myself. second, Dinomorphia domain expansion, which is still eight stuff. That's here. Yep. Zyphorus, Ding Dongs, Hostess of the Yang Zing, HGH Cyber, Jed McCainsby, John Leal, Magic Spectre Toad Obama, Oatmeal Spaghetti, Owen Alvarado, Pistol Plays Pendulums, Silver Hope, Skyhawk Over the Beatles, Understanding and Reading are two different things, Virtually Savior's World, Visa Star Frosting, These Nuts, Aaron Gardner, Alexander Chan, Asami, Ast- <laughs> oh, we, we got we got Brandon Crackling, yeah. Ashless Chaps, Atzio, Sympathy Silver Castle, Blackwing Silver on the Ascendant is the best floodgate, Blue Eyes is best, Copium, Box Wine, Dragon Maidenless Behavior, Ice Shade will win a YCS before Swoo I'm about to Rika Glamour tribute for cost these plant nuts in your mouth. A little stinky. Max C pack. <laughs> Number C107 is better than access code. Whoa, that's Old Man take. Red. <laughs> yeah, that's hot. <laughs> we have a lot of hot takes. <laughs> Old Man Red. Pin code 143. Runic did nothing wrong. Sinful Soils. Sunny's Internet Gremlin. The existence of a terror top implies that there is also a joyful bottom. And c- come on and get your game on. Thank you all so much. <laughs> For your continued support of the podcast, I guess. I love so, we love you guys. I love that. We love you guys. And you guys wonder who are who's buying the senpai boxes. See that list. Can I can I make a confession before I leave the call? All right. Yeah. I'm listening. I definitely I was definitely mashing F five when the first one came out. <laughs> <laughs> We've all mashed F5 on the All right, I'm out of here. Goodbye. (laughs) Irish Trish. Uh, I don't have a card pun. See ya. (laughs) Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter. Did you know cats tend to hide symptoms of sickness and pain? I learned this the hard way after losing my cat, Gingy. So I created Pretty Litter, a health monitoring litter that helps detect early signs of illness by changing colors, saving you money and potentially your cat's life. Pretty Litter is veterinary and developed, and it's the easiest way to keep tabs on your fur baby's health right at home. Go to prettylitter.com and use code ACAST for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details. Even when we're on a budget, we still deserve nice things. Quince is a place to scoop up stunning high-end goods for 50 to 80% less than similar brands. They have buttery soft cashmere sweater starting at $50, luxurious Italian leather bags, and so much more. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. Get the high-end goods you'll love without the high price tag with Quince. Go to quince.com style for free shipping and 365-day returns.